Welcome to the How Did They Do It Real Estate Podcast. Have you ever wondered how people succeed in real estate and what steps they took to get there? If so, this podcast is for you. Your hosts, Sayla and Eileen Prack, interview top experts in the real estate community to share with you their real estate journey and how they achieved massive success. Our goal is to provide you with valuable real estate resources and to help you apply it to your own real estate goals. Welcome to today's episode of the How Did They Do It Real Estate Podcast. I'm your host, Eileen Prack. And today, I'm super excited to bring you Grant Cardone as our special guest today. Grant, welcome to the show. How are you doing? Hey, Eileen, thank you so much for having me. I'm excited about being here and seeing what I can learn and um, what I can do to contribute to your audience. Thank you so much, Grant. It's super, it's a real pleasure and honor to have you today on, on today's show today. I know a lot of people, you know, see you as an entrepreneur, businessman, billionaire, real estate investor. And so today we really want to focus on who was the person before all of that? How did you get to where you are today? Because you didn't necessarily come from wealth and a lot of people might not know that. Oh, no, I definitely didn't come from wealth. So I came from a great middle-class family. I, I can't blame anything on anyone. Uh, my dad died when I was 10 years old and the income stopped. So it, it forced my mom, you know, we really lost our positioning in the middle class and became a struggling, um, save your way, struggle every month, worry about money, con- constant financial fear, like so many people in America are going through right now and even around the world. Um, where at one moment you thought you were stable, the income stopped uh, because my dad died. And then we were just all all hands on deck trying to, you know, save our way, uh, coupons and little side hustles. I actually had less money when I was 22 years old than I had when I was 12 years old. As I got educated, I actually ended up with less money, believe it or not. So help us understand a little bit about how you came from that lifestyle, coming from a middle-class person, growing up without a father. And I know you started off your career as a car salesman. Um, How did you start off from there to gain all the success to where you are today? Yeah, well, before, uh, thank you. uh, Before I started off as, before I had my sales job in the auto industry, uh, before that I had a I was worked at McDonald's. I worked in a refinery. I worked on a boat. Um, I did a bunch of odd jobs during high school, a bunch of sales jobs, clothing store, uh, a footwear store. I was fired from every job I ever had. Okay. I'm proud to say I was fired. And in fact, the last job that I had, I was fired from that job seven times, but because I no longer had any place to go, I just didn't leave. And that was my job in the auto industry. By the time I was in a lot of trouble in my life, I had a drug problem from the age of 15 to 23 years old. No, 25 years old. Um, So for 10 years, I suffered from a terrible, terrible drug addiction. Don't wish that on anyone. And um, I had to rebuild my life at 25. So I was never good at sales. I was never very comfortable with myself. I had a lot of self-esteem issues. The drugs helped with that until they wear off. I had confidence issues. I had trouble communicating to people. People hear this today. They're like, there's no way, dude. I was an introvert for the most part. But all that's true. I mean, uh, I had all this potential ever since I was a young kid, seven, eight years old. I've always been fascinated with money. 
I uh, looked up to my father, who was a successful person and wanted to be more like him. You know, he was my role model. So when he died at 10, I didn't have any of those role models. So I started looking outside of me. Uncles, they had their own life and they were busy. Neighbors, they were busy. You know, I didn't get I needed a mentor at 15, 16 years old. I needed a mentor. The local drug dealer got a hold of me, said, I'll be your mentor. I'll be your daddy. I'll be your guy. And then that, then I went down this this awful road. Now, once I fixed it and got cleaned up my life at 25, then I, I had a job in auto sales. It's the only company that would hire me back. It was not my preferred job of choice. So for all the plumbers and contractors out there and the single moms, you could right here check out on the conversation and say, oh, he's a car salesman, so he knows how to sell stuff. But that's not true. I was not good at it. I didn't like it. It was the only job. It was my only job. The only thing I could do, the only people that would hire me in the little town I lived in was a car dealer. So I had to do it and I decided to get good at it. And I started studying professional sales, how to communicate. Like 25 years old, I literally didn't know how to talk to another human being. I had to learn everything over or actually from scratch. And I had this self-esteem issue coming out of a treatment center for drug addiction after 10 years of losing in life on a daily basis. Uh, then I put my head down and said, I got to get good at this last opportunity that I have. And I did. So let me focus a little bit about getting out of that drug situation, because it's not an easy choice. It's not an easy process to come out from that type of situation and to one day just think about, I'm going to be clean and clear, and I'm going to focus on something else and get cleaned up and get a good job. Yeah. How did you end up pulling yourself out from that bad situation, flipping around your mindset and think to yourself, I'm going to do something bigger and better with my life. This is not the path that I want to go down anymore. Yeah, but Eileen, I, I tried to quit using drugs for 10 years every day. The first time I picked up a drug, I promised I would never do it again the second time. And then that, that, that continues for 10 years, you know, continuously got worse as, as drugs do to people. So nobody escapes drugs, by the way, and nobody starts drugs saying, I'm going to be a drug addict. No, nobody. No, I know tens of thousands of people that have, you know, fell into this, this addiction problem. So how do you clean it up? I mean, number one, you got to admit you got a problem. Uh, number two, you got to just decide you don't want to go any further. Uh, unfortunately for me, I had made that decision 3,000 times. I'm done. I'm done. I'm done. But there was the last time. That I said, I'm done. I was done. And I don't know what the last time is for other people. And look, drugs don't have to be the problem. It could be relationships. It could be gambling. It could be comfortable. More people suffer from the, from the addiction of comfortable in this country than will ever be killed by drugs. And um, the addiction to comfort, to not changing, to knowing it all, like these are things that destroy people. And so while the drugs were an issue, the bigger issue for me was not drugs. It was actually just not having a course. I didn't have a course. I didn't have something big enough or interesting enough. I had no mentors, no positive mentors or influences. And I didn't have a network or an example of people that were successful because I always wanted to be successful. I don't know where I got it from or how I got it or who instilled it in me, but I always thought I was going to be I always believed I would write books. At eight years old, my dad was doing calligraphy, and I'm like, I'm going to write books one day. Um, he gave me a quarter one day, and I lost it, and he got upset with me, and I'm going I'm to be rich one day so I can lose quarters every day. 
you know, my dad was well-liked in the community and I, I always wanted to be well-liked by people. So those are decisions I made very, very young in life. And now I had to, as a 25-year-old man, start figuring out, okay, how am I going to rebuild here? And so first I had to admit I had a problem. I went and got some help for it. Um, put my head down and focused only on helping other people or learning how to be great at my craft. I could have been a coder. I could have been a Wall Street guy. Whatever it was that I was doing, I could have been washing dishes. I, I got so committed, Eileen, to becoming a master at that. If I if it would have been washing dishes, I would probably own $10 billion worth of dishwashing today. Because the potential was there and the commitment was now there. And now I had just to put in the work every day and, and pay the price. So you'd also talked about, I want to talk about a little bit the hard work part of it also, because a lot of people can put in a lot of hard work, but they not they don't necessarily see the same type of success that you have seen in your lifetime. What sets you apart from, you know, not just the hard work and putting in the hours and committing yourself, but what got you to, you know, where you are today? Because it's not every person who gets to uh, experience the same things that you have in life. Well, the, the thing that, you know, my superpower is persistence. Like once I lock in on a target, I'm not coming home till I get the target. And it might take uh, it might take me not coming home for 100 days, but I'm not coming home without the target. So whatever the target is, and, and my whole life has been a life of targets. And I think the most important thing I do today is I lock in on a target. I persist. I go through all the disappointment, the rejection, the discouragement, all the people, all the small people telling me I can't achieve it. You've never done it. How do you know this is the right thing to do? And I'm like, dude, I'm going to make it the right thing to do. So, you know, and if you want to be successful, you just got to be right more than you're wrong. And the way to become right more than you're wrong is, is to be willing to change. Just be right about the target, not how you're going to get there. Look, I, I never I never put people in a stadium, but I never wrote a book. I never had kids before. Everything that I've done in my life, I had never done before, in, at least in this lifetime. Um, I had never experienced uh, before. And I'm like, I'm going to figure it out. I never raised money before until about four years ago. And now we've raised $1.1 billion. I never bought an apartment deal until I bought an apartment deal. Uh, I never had kids until I had kids. And then I'm, I'm a great father. I'm probably a better father than I'm a businessman. How do you do it? Dude, don't quit. And the way to not quit is you have to have and I truly believe this. Most people quit on their dreams because the dream is too small. The payoff is not worth the pain. The payoff is not substantially going to change a person's life. Why would I walk on glass? If it's because I want a bigger house, okay, well, you're not going to walk on glass to get a bigger house. You're just not going to do it. You'd be like, I'll settle with the house I have. The house is fine. I, I, I like my feet. I don't want to hurt myself. So most people quit because the dream is not big enough. And then they don't get there because they quit. And they quit because they're surrounded by a bunch of small-minded people that tell them to quit. Like, just be satisfied. I saw a post today by a super successful guy. And his, his go-to plan is to lower expectations. He believes that if he lowers his expectations, he'll be happier in life. And I, I can just personally tell you, I have never been happy lowering my expectations or my belief in myself. It's so interesting hearing you talk with all this confidence and, you know, certainty of where you are in life and how you're going to get there. 
But you mentioned earlier that at 25, you were trying to figure out um, how to rebuild your life. You had self-esteem issues. Um, you had self-confidence issues. So how did you go from there to all this confidence and this um, strength that you have built today? Look, confidence comes from confidence. And confidence comes from doing something over and over and over again. So people are like, man, you look like you're getting younger. Success makes you look younger. Okay, I, I don't know what to tell you guys, but like you want to beat depression, be successful. You can literally put the depression off. It's, it's about target attainment, right? As long as I have a target, it's clear. Okay, let's say I want to come meet you. I don't know how I'm going to get there. I don't have a plane, but I need to, I don't need to get lost and I don't have a plane. I, I don't even know where you are, right? It's just like, I want to meet that person. That's the target. So every time a person gives up on our target, surrenders the target. I'll be happier if I just don't have any expectations. Okay. The moment I surrender the target, I'm going to become unhappy. The attainment of a, of a known target that has obstacles. When I overcome that, I get happy with myself and it produces tremendous amounts of confidence, particularly if I can do it a second time and a third time and a fourth time and a fifth time. You know, I've been fortunate enough to not just settle for some level of success in my life, but, but, reach into other industries and start doing in other places and spaces where I hadn't done it before. So the attainment of the target creates confidence in self. Confidence to me is not some self-talk, Abba, 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 pray to some unknown source, give me confidence. You go get confidence and you get it through trial, error, and the attainment of the target. You weren't always a sales and car salesman because you were doing this for seven, eight years. When did you decide to pivot out of the car sales position? And then what did you do after that? Yeah. So look, I was never really a car salesman. Okay. Like I've sold, I sold a 34,000 person stadium out during the Super Bowl. Super Bowl was in Atlanta and I decided to rent Miami Marlins Stadium and I'm going to sell the whole stadium out online. And, that, and I did. 30, we sold 36,000 tickets to a 34,000-person event. Everybody said I wouldn't do it, including Derek Jeter, who owns the Miami Marlins. He's like, bro, there's no way you'll do this. I mean, like, why are you committing to such a big thing? I'm like, I guarantee you I will put more people in your stadium, Derek, than you can put in your own damn stadium. And I did. So uh, sales is sales. Look, whatever you're trying to sell, I've raised a billion dollars over the internet. I know this sounds like bragging to your W-2 worker. You guys need somebody. You guys out there W-2 working, you're trying to get in the game of real estate or investing or create wealth. You need somebody to brag to you about what's possible. If I was a rapper, I would tell you how many platinum CDs that I've sold. If I was Tom Brady, I would show you my rings. Okay, I'd be like, I got seven rings. Uh, if I was Babe Ruth, I would tell you I was the greatest home run hitter. If I was Muhammad Ali, I would talk about my boxing record. Okay. If I was Floyd Mayweather, I'd say I'm 50 and 0. But see, when you're in business, you can't show your rings because now it's bragging. Okay. People need examples that will tell them, hey, I went from here to here and this is exactly what I did. People need to see the examples of success. So for me, I didn't want to continue to be a sales guy because then I'm just a sales guy. I needed to know for myself, Eileen, that I could like, okay, I'm going to go from salesperson to a manager, manager to an owner, 
owner to an investor, investor to, you know, to, to maybe I'm a philanthropist. I need to keep growing myself so that I'm interested. Everybody's on a, on a path, right? Everybody's on some kind of path of discovery, some journey. I'm still on my journey of transitioning to discover my full potential. So what is your process? Because you talked about targets also. So when you're when you're able to identify your target, you can have at least a path forward or you can follow, you know, whatever path you want to be able to follow down in order to reach that target. Like how do you start identifying your target and then working your way towards that? Yeah. So what I do is I do simply like I do a target. My target is always going to be a number. It's not feed the world. I need to quantify it. First, I make a target, then I quantify it, and then I do the math. So let's say that I want, I own 12,000 apartments now. Right now, I'm doing a target right now. Okay, I own 12,000. I want to go to 120,000 units. I'm going to quantify the 120,000. I'm going to do math on it. Okay, my average building is going to have 300 units. I need to do that, I think, 400 times or something, probably 4,000 times. Yeah, it's 400 buildings. I need 400 transactions at 300 units. Bang, I got my 120,000 units. It'll make me the number one property owner in America. Then I'm going to be like, okay, how much money do I need to do that? And then I'm going to be like, who's got my money? Same, I'm going to use the same target on everything. If I want Instagram followers, YouTube followers, uh, I want to raise money. I want to build a business selling soap. Uh, I'm going to start a TV company. Uh, we've already started 10X Studios. We're going to create a media company. I'm going to do the target. How many viewers do I want? How, where are they? Do the math on them. Who are they? How do I get them? What do they want to be delivered? Thank you for tuning in to part one of our exclusive three-part interview with Grant Cardone. In our next episodes, we'll delve further into the 10X rule, essential business strategies, real estate insights, and networking mastery. Stick with us because Grant and I are just getting started. We're sharing invaluable insights and strategies that will supercharge your success. Trust me, you do not want to miss out. There's a ton more valuable content coming your way in the upcoming episodes. And thank you for listening to our podcast today, brought to you by Bonavest Capital. We would really appreciate it if you can go to iTunes right now and leave a rating and written review. Also, please don't forget to subscribe so you can always get the latest episodes. You can also connect with us on Facebook, How Did They Do It Real Estate? We'd love to hear your feedback and any topics that you're interested in for future episodes. If you're anything like Zayla and me and believe that real estate investing is a great way to create passive income and build long-term wealth, check out our free apartment syndication due diligence checklist for passive investors at bonavestcapital.com forward slash checklist. Zayla and I created this checklist for ourselves as we evaluated different multifamily syndication opportunities as a passive investor. So we would love to share it with you so you can use it as a resource as well. Download your free copy today at bonavestcapital.com forward slash checklist. Lastly, to learn more about us, you can go to bonavestcapital.com and fill out the contact us page so you can speak to us directly. Nothing on the show should be considered as specific personal advice. Please consult your legal, tax, and real estate professionals for individualized advice.